The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Toxic chemicals being released into the air right now in part of the U.S. on purpose. The tough call to try and prevent an explosion. The close call at Austin's airport. New insight from an aviation professor as we find out more about how close two planes, one taking off and one landing, came to crashing into each other. And gusty winds today ahead of wet weather returning soon. Your first warning forecast is coming up. And thanks so much for joining us. I'm Jennifer Sanders. I'm Daniel Marine. Austin City Manager Spencer Cronk's employment will be evaluated at a special city council meeting Thursday morning. And this all comes as 20,000 Austin Energy customers remain without power. Some might not get it back until Sunday. Fingers crossed, though, the storms this week won't make it any worse. KXN's Nabil Ramadna shows us the struggles of one family who depends on oxygen. Living in the dark. We've been out of power for six days, five nights. Judy Evans just got an update from Austin Energy. Next Sunday. That's when they say power should return. But there's a problem. This morning he had no oxygen. When he Evans' husband relies on an oxygen machine to breathe. It's hard because to watch someone you love struggle to breathe anyway. And it's even harder when you don't have that uh, power source. Evans has been relying on nearby neighbors who have power to charge the tank. Austin Energy does have a medically vulnerable registry. Jackie Sargent, GM of Austin Energy, says they do call customers on this list, but Evans says she never got a call and no one stopped by, even after multiple calls. I asked if there was any issues with getting Thank people you, out to help these customers. We can look into that and, and if you can get her name to us, um, you can get that to Matt um, and we'll follow, follow up with you. Sergeant says getting all customers power back is a top priority. MP Technologies out of Cyprus is one of several outside agencies that have been helping Austin Energy get power back. But some have questioned if they're being properly utilized and also why crews are parked in lots around the city. Lowe's parking lot had about 20 Houston from guys from Houston uh, power trucks. Now when they get to their work location, they will find a spot where they can congregate and they can talk about the work that they're about to perform. So when you do see these trucks congregated in an area, they're having these discussions on safety, on the work that they need to perform. As for Evans, after seeing it could be another week, she's leaving town. I think that people aren't being informed correctly. I think there should be a lot more transparency. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. And Austin Energy says it's prioritizing customers based on what they called critical loads. So those are places classified as critical infrastructure or important to public safety. It also said it's focusing on those who have been without power the longest. And as we've mentioned earlier, Mayor Watson has called a special city council meeting on Thursday to evaluate the employment of the city manager. The emergency item, sponsored by council members Allison Alter, Chito Vela, and Vanessa Fuentes, is the only item on that agenda. Now, the mayor says Austin Energy crews are working 24 hours a day in multiple 12-hour shifts. He says there's also concern about windy weather. People that know about trees tell us one of the things that we ought to be worried about is that a lot of trees are, are now weakened as a result of what went on uh, during the, the ice storm. And um, so you might have situations where high winds can take something, you know, a cracked limb that you look up at and it doesn't look cracked to you from where you're standing, but it's cracked enough and weak enough that it, it falls and hopefully people don't get hurt. But in addition, 
hopefully they don't fall in such ways as they uh, knock out power. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, at least the temperatures are warmer for the thousands of Austinites who still don't have power tonight. But as we mentioned, the winds are not making things easier for the line crews out there. Winds gusting 20 to 30 miles per hour across the area right now. And look at this. I'll pause you overnight tonight at 4.30 a.m. with winds still over 20 miles an hour blowing from south to north. The bright side here for our multiple line crews still working 24 hours a day. The winds do relax noticeably tomorrow. Boy, it's a warm wind blowing in out there. Here's the Round Rock camera at the Whittlesea Landscape Supply Company. Partly cloudy skies. You see the trees waving in the breeze. This south wind has made all of the difference in the world and is wonderful news, at least for the time being, for those who don't have heat at their homes. 73 in Austin, 73 in Rockdale, northeast of town. Coming up, rain is is on the way right around the corner. We'll take an hour by hour look at when to plan on the wet weather, how much your neighborhood gets and two noticeable drops in temperature just this work week. All right, David, thank you very much. We want to let you know the Central Texas Food Bank is hosting a drive through food distribution tonight for Austinites impacted by the power outages. They're going to be at the Delco Activity Center in East Austin on Pecan Brook Drive from 6 to 8 p.m. Again, that's tonight. Non-perishable food and water will be available. There's also a tool on the food bank's website called Find Food Now. We've got a link to it for you over at KXAN.com. Right now, authorities are releasing toxic chemicals into the air from five derailed tanker cars that are in danger of exploding near the Ohio-Pennsylvania state line. Those cars have been smoldering since Friday evening. They're carrying vinyl chloride, which is used to make the polyvinyl chloride hard plastic substance in plastic products. The National Cancer Institute says it's associated with increased risk of liver cancer and other cancers. The governor of Ohio says if they don't do the manual release, though an explosion could send debris flying in the air for an area for up to a mile or more. The FBI says it's arrested two people who plotted to attack the city of Baltimore's power grid. Now, one of them is a nationally known neo-Nazi leader named Brandon Russell. He and Sarah Clendaniel were taken into custody last week in Maryland and in Florida. Investigators say they conspired to shoot several electrical substations in the Baltimore area. The FBI describes the plot as racially motivated. More than 61% of Baltimore residents are black. Now to the heartbreaking images out of Turkey where more than 3,400 people have died from a magnitude 7.8 earthquake near the border of Syria. And thousands of buildings have collapsed, more than 5,600 in Turkey alone. We're in that key window though when search and rescue crews are still pulling people alive from the rubble. Tens of thousands are injured and it's also cold there. Tens of thousands of survivors are now homeless with overnight temperatures in the low 20s. And just minutes ago, the U.S. State Department said it will dispatch two search and rescue teams of 78 people to aid Turkish allies in the coming days. Back in the U.S., a Long Island nursing center is under investigation after a woman was discovered breathing at a funeral home about three hours after she was pronounced dead. Police say the 82-year-old woman was pronounced dead at a rehab and nursing center in Port Jefferson Saturday morning at 1115. Around 1.30 p.m., she was taken to the funeral home, but then shortly after 2 p.m., she was found to be breathing and alive. She was then quickly taken to a hospital. Her current condition is unknown. The investigation underway into Saturday's close call at the Austin airport. Texas A&M's aviation director sheds some new light on what investigators are looking for. Layoffs at Dell Technologies. What we know about how many employees are losing their jobs and why. 
I think sometimes people snicker a little when they hear cannabis education. But the truth is, this is a fast-growing industry. Opportunity for growth. What college students are learning in cannabis courses coming up. Dell Technologies says it will cut just over 6,600 jobs. That's about 5% of its workforce. Now, we don't yet know how many of those jobs are here in Texas. The company is blaming a decrease in demand for PCs. Dell gets more than half of its revenue from PCs. And industry tracker IDC says Dell's shipments in the fourth quarter last year dropped 37%. Delta Airlines is about to increase the frequency of flights on several existing routes out of Austin. Beginning June 5th, service to New York's John F. Kennedy Airport and Salt Lake City will increase to four flights daily. Both are hubs for Delta. And then beginning in July, there will be additional flights to Atlanta, LA, Minneapolis, Boston, as well as Seattle. Just ahead, what we've learned about Saturday's close call between two airplanes at Austin's airport. And thanks to last week's ice and indeed some beneficial rain, the rainfall number is actually looking okay for the year. So far, we're pretty much on track at Camp Mabry, thanks to the inch and a quarter or so that we've had this month. Austin Bergstrom, just about the same. No rain falling today. And remember, we were 10 inches short when we ended 2022, so we could always use a little more. And we have it starting tomorrow, next in your forecast. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. An FAA investigation is just getting started after a scary situation at Austin's airport. Two planes almost crashed Saturday morning on the runway. KXN's Jayla Washington dug into some of the protocols in place to prevent this from happening, and she found out it's not as uncommon as you would like to think. Early Saturday morning, a Southwest flight heading out to Cancun. Cleared to take off. Same time and same runway, though, a FedEx cargo plane got the thumbs up to land as well. Confirm uh, FedEx 1432 heavy, clear to land on 18 left. It was almost a disaster, but at the last second, the FedEx pilot cut the landing short, pulling the plane into a climb. Chaos. Uncoordination. It is a concerning close call to flyers like Leah Gunderson. Yeah, I want to know who said that it was okay to land at the same time as the other plane. Like, who is coordinating this? Where is the where is the management? Carson Pierce is an aviation professor from Texas A&M. He says the FAA investigation will answer those questions. This is definitely a failure of what is called situational awareness by air traffic control. Saturday morning's fog did likely add to the close call. Now, when you get down that close, in a landing environment, typically those clearances for landing are given by visual cue. But according to an FAA report, 2022 saw more than 1,700 close calls like this one, up from the year before. Majority blamed on pilot error. I think an internal investigation needs to take place to see what human factor distractors were there. Jayla Washington, KXAN News. And there is a shortage of air traffic controllers right now. Many are approaching their mandatory retirement age of 56. But the aviation professor who you just heard from says FAA rules don't allow them to work longer than 10 straight hours. And they must have nine hours of rest before their next shift. But he says it could mean working extra days each week. And going in depth on this, was this a near miss? Well, that's what the FAA will be determining in its investigation. 
You're looking at how the agency grades the severity of a runway incursion. The most serious is on the right of the screen. Now, right behind a crash, category A is in red. It's a serious incident in which a collision is narrowly avoided. Category B in yellow is an incident in which separation decreases and there is a significant potential for collision, which may result in a time-critical, corrective, evasive response to avoid a collision. And then category C in blue is an incident characterized by ample time and or distance to avoid a collision. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Boy, so happy to be reporting some unseasonably warm and breezy and dry weather this evening after what so many of us have been through over the past week. Sunshine looking so pleasant and wonderful out there this evening. It's 73 degrees, certainly a warm-up over the past several days on the Austonian weather camp. Gusty south winds replacing that Arctic air with much warmer, humid air this evening, but also the winds kicking up some cedar. Cedar has just returned to the pollen count this evening, joining mold in the medium concentration. It looks pretty quiet across the state right now, but if you switch over to what we call the water vapor satellite, this is kind of a deeper look into the upper levels of the atmosphere. Look at this big dip in the jet stream. This is a trough of low pressure, a big storm heading our way all over again. Now let's be clear, this one will bring some cooler air, but no threat of ice, no threat of additional power outages, mainly just some rain, which is also what we need this time of the year or after the drought that we've been through, I should say. The clouds and radar for Forecast showing partly cloudy skies this evening. After 10 p.m., though, the clouds really start to blanket the area again. And by early tomorrow morning, it's damp, misty, maybe a little light fog, kind of like we saw today. Now, tomorrow, it is kind of a damp day, but it's not a stormy day. Cloudy skies all through midday and afternoon, but just a few passing light rain showers. By tomorrow evening, the storms may start to pick up a little bit. A few yellows and reds showing up. This is actually the cold front that will be moving through Austin about this time tomorrow evening. Behind it, the rain is not done. This is actually the stormiest period to come this week, if you will. It's late tomorrow night into early Wednesday morning. Here we are at 2 a.m. with some thunderstorms rolling through, widespread rain with some embedded thunder, lightning, maybe even some strong gusty winds as we wake up on Wednesday morning. Wednesday, the first half of the day still looks pretty wet, but later in the day, this storm system pulls out. The clouds are a little slower to do so, but hopefully we see some sun sneaking in as it sets on the western horizon Wednesday evening. How much rain are we talking? Well, I think just about 100% of the map, at least 90% of the map, should get something. Lighter amounts out west, heavier though, an inch to an inch and a half expected in the Austin metro and areas east of I-35. This will be certainly wonderful. Better yet, we don't have any significant threats of flooding nor damaging severe storms. Now, we can't rule out a couple strong storms. Most of us are in the marginal one out of five threat from the Storm Prediction Center tomorrow and Wednesday morning. But diving a little deeper, tornadoes unlikely, hail not expected. The most likely things we should see if we see a couple strong or maybe one severe storm develop, gusty winds and maybe some isolated minor street flooding. Aside from the wet weather coming our way for the next couple days, get ready for an up and down roller coaster in temperatures. Warm tomorrow, cooler on Wednesday behind that front. Then we quickly warm up again to the 70s on Thursday. Then a this time dry cold front brings cooler breezy weather to end the week on Friday.
Tonight's forecast, very mild as clouds thicken up, a little chance of rain develops. Still windy for the line crews working so hard out there 24-7 to restore our power. The winds drop off a little tomorrow, but the rain picks up. High temperatures very warm at 75. After the cold front that blows through late tomorrow, we're in the 50s as a 90% chance of rain gradually clears out late Wednesday. Sun is back through the rest of the work week, but remember the swings in temperature. Warm Thursday, cooler and windy on Friday. This coming weekend, it looks very pleasant, but we may see a pretty widespread freeze early Saturday morning, something to certainly keep in mind for those who may not still have power, according to Austin Energy. Clouds increase on Sunday ahead of yet another system during this active weather pattern early next week. Well, just ahead, the growing interest among college students learning about the cannabis industry. Well, working with cannabis may not be for everyone, but there are opportunities to build a career for those who take it seriously. Tim Gordon shows us how an Oregon community college is offering a cannabis job training. The legal cannabis industry is growing from the cultivation of plants to retail sales to the public. In fact, it's really growing. For three years in a row now, the cannabis industry has been the fastest growing job sector in the United States, you know, adding north of 100,000 new people per year to the industry. That's Max Simon, CEO of Greenflower, a leader in cannabis education in 33 states, now including Oregon working with colleges and universities to teach the cannabis trade. In partnership with Columbia Gorge Community College, training programs teach people in three areas, cultivation or the growing of plants, manufacturing, which includes developing cannabis products, and retail sales to learn the workings of the dispensary business. The cannabis industry is remarkably complex and diverse. And what we find is that different people are drawn to different sectors of the industry. Simon says the industry is also heavily regulated and it can be overwhelming. So that's one of the key tenets of these programs is it really teaches you the ins outs of compliance, of, of operating successfully in this industry. These are non-credit courses that once successfully completed earn you a certificate of sorts and more, says Columbia Gorge Community College's Jarrett Gilbert. They receive a digital badge from Greenflower and they will receive a, you know, a, a recognition of their achievement, the completion of this non-credit course uh, and access to the uh, Greenflower employer network, which is really incredible for students who are, are looking to get into the industry. Texas lawmakers expanded the state's medical cannabis program in 2021 to include patients with PTSD and all types of cancer as eligible candidates. But since then, advocates say the demand has outgrown the current program's capabilities. The Texas Compassionate Use Program operates under the Texas Department of Public Safety. That law currently allows for a minimum of three licensed dispensaries to operate in the state, and so far there are only three, but DPS just opened the application process for more. As of October 2022, there were nearly 39,000 patients in the registry and 643 physicians. We've got no reruns tonight on KXAN at 7. It's America's Got Talent All-Stars. And then at 9 o'clock, it's Quantum Leap before we're back with KXAN News at 10. And of course, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin. Here's where to find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.